All right, all right. So I just want to make sure. So we're going to go ahead and move forward with that, and I'm excited about the opportunity. Let's stand to our feet as we get into these verses. Let's get into these verses. Um, we are in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verses 14 through chapter 8, verse 7. We're going verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept through the book of 2 Corinthians. Our series is Keep It for Our Visitors 100. And so when you get there, say amen. It's up on the board. Y'all know what we do. One, two, three, start. Amen for our time in this particular group of scriptures in this text today. I want to tag it, having a lifestyle of generosity. Having a lifestyle of generosity. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you, honor you for your purposes. Um, Lord God, I pray that you would rewrite the minds and hearts of your people uh, as we go through this passage to grow and develop and to become who you want us to become. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our Redeemer, in whom we trust, and help us not to be uh, um, just believers hearing the word, deceiving ourselves, but help us to be effectual doers. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Everybody agree with that said? You may be seated. You may be seated. As you take a seat, close your eyes real quick. Got a question for you. Don't look at nobody around you. Um, When you, uh, how many of you view the church as a money laundering scheme? How many of you have had a bad contact with churches who have been just about money? Slip your hand in the air. Mm. How many of you have uh, seen preachers who are just about money? Okay. Wow, most of the room. Okay. Um, Let me ask you this. Um, uh, How many of you believe that Epiphany Fellowship is a financially unhealthy church that's just about money. How many of you believe in your heart of hearts that Pastor Mason is probably still in the money? Slip your hand in the air. It's all right if you believe it. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. Lift, lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Ask that for a reason. Um, because, to, you know, when you dive into a text like this, as you're preparing, it's interesting that we're doing expositionally working through this. And today, when people think of the church, they tend to think 
of uh, money laundering schemes or somebody trying to get in your pockets or at other things, right? And so uh, when, when you dive into a passage like this that begins to help Christians to recognize something beyond what you've seen televangelists on TV, um, you know, staring into the screen. I'm looking into the screen now. <laughs> and some of you out there are dealing with bill issues. Some up oh, there it is, rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> Go away right now, rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, you, you'll feel a warmth in your bones right now. Now, after you do that, sow a seed of, and then there you go. You know, so y'all, that's your, you know, many people, that's their sort of framework for um, Christian giving. Uh, even people who aren't believers, their framework uh, comes from being entertained by the buffoonery of those, not all televangelists like that, but those who would tend to molest the congregation into uh, the pimpology of the foolishness that can happen sometimes in the pulpit. Uh, however, our desire and design here as a church is to use things to God's glory. Somebody should shout amen right there. Amen. So, so that means because, listen, there are things about your spiritual life that are a parameter and a diameter and a barometer for and a thermometer for where you are spiritually. And one of those things that shows you where you are spiritually is prayer. One of those things that show you where you are spiritually is getting in the Word. One of the things that shows where you are spiritually is how you deal with others and whether or not you're sharing the gospel. However, also biblically, it also talks about and talks a lot about uh, Giving. Somebody say giving. giving. Now, 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 what's interesting in this passage is, you know, we don't talk about it much here at Epiphany Fellowship in the sense by way of teaching. As a matter of fact, I think I made a grave error by taking so long when the church started to talk about stewardship because so many people had come from so much church hurt that we were afraid to biblically engage people in what the Bible says so that they can grow spiritually and to be developed in the area that God wants them to be. Not just in generosity towards the church, but also in comprehensive stewardship with everything that you give uh, and that God has given to you to use in your sphere in the world to maximize it, to honor the Lord God with everything in your life. Amen, somebody. And so we come here to 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter uh, 7, verses 14 through 8, verse 7. Now, what I like about this passage is, is most preachers wouldn't do this, right? Most preachers, what Paul is doing in the passage is crazy to me. In verses like 14 to the end of the chapter, well, really for the first part of the book, he's been jamming the Corinthians up. You know, he wasn't like bigging them up like on something like he's been getting in their grill about their need to grow as Christians in different areas of their life. Then ask him for money after that. That not, not, to me, that's buck wild to me because most preachers would be like, God's going to do this and giving all these false claims, you know what I'm saying? So that by the time they ask you for money, it feels good out of you believing that what they said is coming to pass is connected to the resources that you're going to give. However, when I look at my Bible, there's a different narrative there. Somebody say change the narrative. Yeah, yeah, we have to change as believers. We got to change the narrative and begin to see a, a biblical idea of the entity that God utilizes as a means to engage the world. So I got one point, one point only. I promise I'm out your way. Number one, generosity is a part of the core DNA of a mature disciple. Generosity is a part of the core DNA of a mature disciple. Okay? And so, so Paul is going to unpack this for us here if we look in the passage. He says, we want, you, brother, we want you to know, brothers, 
about the grace of God. Stop right there. I like that he's beginning the passage like this. He's just talked to them about reconciliation with him in verses 14 up until the last part of chapter 7. And now he's going to talk to them about the grace of God. Now, grace of God here is, 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 is God's unmerited favor that comes through what Christ has done for you. Now, let's break it down like this. Somebody say favor. Grace, the word charis, can be translated not just grace, but favor. Somebody say favor. So what, 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 now let's explain this idea um, when he says, I want to talk to you about the grace of God. Favor, listen, is always about God giving you something to lift him up with. Okay? Now most of us, when we think of favor, we think of what we can get. God's hand is on me. God's going to do something through me. All of my haters are going to be looking at me. That's, y'all know it's the truth. You know how, you know how we do, right? Um, and so, and so it's, it's all about, you know, once I get on mine, people going to be looking at me. Boom, I'm going to post a pic. Everybody going to like it. Comments, boom, everything. Exploderations everywhere, right? In other words, we think of, we th- we think of favor in the sense of self-glory. But in the scriptures, Favor has to do with God giving you something to leverage it for him. Yes. And, so, and, so, and so when he says, I want to talk to you, not, when, when you hear favor, you should, you should not hear your exaltation. You should hear God giving you an opportunity for something bigger than you. That's, 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 what, that's what favor means. Favor, favor means that. And so and there are varying levels of favor given to believers based on God's choice to use them in their sphere. It's not about better believer, lesser believer. It's about the edict of what God decreed that believer is going to do in their life. So we look at this and Paul says, we want to know, we want you to know brothers and sisters about the grace of God that he has given to the churches of Macedonia. This is interesting. So the Macedonian churches that he's talking about probably is Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. And these churches, these are three different churches, but the inner city churches, we'll see that in a second, and I'll explain what inner city means in a second, uh, um, but, but, but Berea was the, was the church, you couldn't just walk up in there saying nothing crazy. That's the church the Hebrew Israelites wouldn't go up into. You understand what I'm saying? Hebrew Israelites, Al-Islam, all them dudes, they walk up in there, the Bereans going to be like, what? <laughs> what? What you need? Open it up, Open, show and prove, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Put your number seven up with your star, 5%, and let's get it. You know what I'm saying? That was the Berean church, right? Um, the, the Philippian church was just, the, the, they were just a, 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 one of them persevering church that could be just grimy and go through stuff, and God just give them just crazy resilience. The, Thessalon- the Thessalonican church was the eschatological church that wanted Jesus to come back real quick and ain't want to deal with now, right? <laughs> That was, them, that was them, right? You know what I'm saying? They were the ones, and so dudes stopped working when they heard it. Man, Jesus coming back. I'm quitting my job, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, that, that, was, that, was, the Thessal- that was the Thessalonian church, right? And so, but, but, what God, but, but God was doing something in those churches in the, the severity um, 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 of what they were dealing with because Paul begins uh, to walk through that. How did they get their call? What, one day Paul was about to go into Asia. Holy Ghost told him no. Paul went to sleep. Somebody, God gives him a vision. A dude says, yo, we in Macedonia. Come over and help us. He wakes up and says, I think God wants us to go to Macedonia. Holy Spirit opened up the door. They go to Macedonia, preach the gospel. All these cities, Jesus started reaching people in those cities, and they began coming to Jesus Christ. 
And then they became supporting churches for the future of the mission of God through Paul so that Paul could continue to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right? So check it out. So in verse 2, you see it says, for in a severe test of affliction. Let's stop right there. Now, what's, what's dope about this right here is it didn't just say affliction. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's like affliction on steroids. It's like severe, like next level affliction. Now, test points to character development. Somebody say character development. Now, when God tests you, the Bible talks about, um, count it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. It's the work of the smelter to heat up your life on purpose, to bring the impurities to the top so that he can scoop the dross off so that there can be a clarity of the pictorial of the smelter's face when he looks into what he's working on. So in other words, God decided he was going to utilize the difficulty that God's people was going through and not take them out of it for their character development. Oh, I'm a parenthetically paused. I know this is about giving. But some of the reasons why God doesn't deliver you is because he's still working on you. Anyway, I, 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 I'm going to just give you that for free. But, but, and, so, and, so, and so God let the trial get worse. So it, didn't just, it, it just wasn't a trial. It was severe. Test of affliction. And so God utilizes it as a way to not show you, show him who you are, but show you who you are. Affliction is meant to show you who you really are, who you're not, but not to leave you there, but to work on you so you can be who God wants you to be. That's that's the goal. That's the goal, right? So, So he's doing that. Now, but that ain't even what the text is about. That's sort of the atmospheric pressure that's going on in the text. When you look at what's happening, it says, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on your part. Wow. Hold on. How in the world are believers going through hell and high water with joy? Because being a believer, listen, being a believer is this, is unending satisfaction with God no matter what. Oh, y'all not going to talk back. It's okay. I'm going to go back to deliverance and see if they give me some amens. I'm just letting you know right now. Listen, 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 listen. Man, man, you can, this, it's, this is what's crazy about being a Christian. You can go through excruciatingly painful circumstances, loss of job, sickness, relational frustrations, all different types of pain, and then something weird will happen to you. You'll be going through them, but you won't feel them as much as you'd normally feel them because God is giving you some joy. That's called joy. That's... That's called joy. You'll say, God, I'm in pain, but I'm satisfied with you. God, I'm in pain, but I'm not, I don't know why, but I'm not as frustrated as I normally would be. God, I'm going through this, and even though I don't have everything I want, I have you. That's, 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 that, that's, when, you know, that's when you know you're a Christian, for real, for real. You really know you're a Christian when you could be cussing and you just won't. Oh, some of y'all, y'all know what y'all sanctification process look like. Don't look at the preacher like I'm crazy. You know what you would normally act like with your crazy nitwit self. But if it had not been for God. And so he, 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 he says, they got joy in extreme poverty. Look at the adjectives. Severe test, extreme poverty. How in the world, in between extreme test and extreme poverty, you have joy? It's funny that Paul situated joy between the two. 
Because, because to hold your, to be held together, you need some joy. <laughs> In the midst of all of that. And so, so they got extreme poverty. Now, now, the question though is, family, where did that poverty come from? Mm. We got to understand that in their culture, about 5 to 15% of the wealth was, was, was held by 15 to 5 to 15% of the people, okay? Everybody else was poor. There wasn't no middle class back in the day. Like, even in most third world countries, there is no middle class. There's poor, and then there's rich. Um, so what you had in their day was there were believers that had businesses. Now, I want you to imagine this. You went to school. You took tests. You graduated magna cum laude deci on steroids, <laughs> right? You went and got your, you got, got your MA. You know what I'm saying? You learn how to, you learn how to do app development. You don't know how to do all this stuff. And you start your little business. You done got you a GoDaddy account to get, to get the GoDaddy to get your little, your little website set up. You know, out of your pocket, you've been working hard at Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? Because you needed insurance until you got the business running. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then you work, you did all that work to get everything up and running. And then the business is struggling the first year. Then all of a sudden, you got investors and that thing start building up. And then you, now you got you a little center city. John, you know what I'm saying? You, you're overlooking, you know, the school punch, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, 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 you know, and, 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 and I mean, you, you're in this big office at the corner office, you got Picasso on the wall, you got flat screen TV, see-through table, you know what I'm saying? Mac on the table, you know what I'm saying? You got a receptionist that's bringing you teas and coffees from Tivana and from overseas and carrying on. I mean, you're killing. You know, you're killing. Then all of a sudden, you become a Christian. And then nobody wants to work with you anymore. That's what happened to these people. They lost everything because they became believers. And rather than denounce Christ, they said, I'll lose my business. Some of these people were already poor, but some people got poor by, by becoming a believer. The severe affliction was coming from being a believer. Can you imagine one day being at the top 5% of the people in your country to going to being a part of the top 95% of poverty? But yet look at their hearts. Yet look at their minds. Look at what happens. It said they, they, they overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. This is powerful. In other words, they began wanting to give to an opportunity that Paul had talked to them about. It's crazy. It's interesting that it, it, it's talking about them overflowing with wealth. In other words, this is beautiful in connection with joy. Idea to write down, your giving is a reflection of your satisfaction with God. If you're not satisfied with the Lord, you don't give. Because, listen, their giving flowed from joy, not manipulation. Okay? So if you don't give to the gospel mission, you aren't experiencing satisfaction with God through Christ. Jesus saw a woman. They was chilling in the temple. Jesus posted up real nice like him and his disciples, the 12. They was on the back wall looking. Dudes was tithing mint. You know what I'm saying? It was a crazy worship service. People was throwing stuff, you know, on the altar. You know how they do it, some of these Johns. You know what I'm saying? You know, dudes running all across the money. They weren't doing that in his day because that would have been weird for them. But they were tired of mint animals, all that type of stuff. 
And then this, then this, this old woman came up, you know what I'm saying, looking like a hobo, like bag, we used to call them bag ladies back in the day, came up, dropped three little coins in there, and Jesus says, look at her. She's giving more than everybody. Because, because, because he's talking about wealth is based on a heart, not merely amount. Now, 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 now as, as he begins to talk about this, it's interesting because he says in verse 4, he said they, that giving had three characteristics. He says, for they gave according to their means, beyond their means, and of their own accord. That's, that's beautiful. They gave according to their means, beyond their means, and of their own accord. Now, according to their means meant they didn't emotionally give. In other words, you know, I remember one time, man, this is back in the day, I was in college, man. Man, we, was in, um, we, we, we went to see, I ain't gonna say the preacher name. Um, we went to go see him, man. The, the Holy Ghost was in that place. Negroes was laid out on the floor and all kinds of stuff, um, foaming and everything, right? It took a, it took an offering, man. I, I, it took a, it was crazy. People dropping it on the altar, running up there when he gave a word and, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> throwing that thing up there like that. Then, man, listen, listen, listen. Cats got on the parking lot and yawned and the Holy Ghost left him. He's like, man, I just gave my rent money, man. I, you know, I mean, in other words, like, bro, like, you know, you just went on out there and just did that on out there by yourself. You understand what I'm saying? So he's basically saying, listen, it's according to your means. You don't just act a fool. Trying to be with everybody in the gathering to be acting like you give. I remember you, you couldn't come to church without something in your pocket to put in. The, that was like the old church. You had to have something in your pocket to give. You understand what I'm saying? Here, it's talking about according to your means. In other words, in your pay bracket, not beyond it. Okay, so it weirds me out when people got like credit card machines going down the aisle. Oh, what happens? Hey, let me, can I give y'all something? Don't, don't get into debt giving to Epiphany Fellowship. Okay, don't, don't, don't get into debt. Uh, can I say that one more time? Uh, uh, don't get into debt giving to God's ministry because it wasn't your money, so it wasn't generosity. Just simple as that, just simple as that, all right? We're not gonna put no Mac machine out in the hallway, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wanna give you, ain't got no money on you, go out there and get real, you ain't gonna, and doing that thing like it's some type of, you know what I'm saying? At least some type of, you know what I mean? We don't roll like that, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, pray for your pastor. Um, number two, he said, beyond your means. Why would he say beyond your means? Because there are times when the Spirit will tell you to give sacrificially. There are times when the Holy Spirit will prick your heart and he will push you to give. And you're like, God, but give. But that's not the preacher leaning on you real hard. I sent an, I, mm. I sent in the Holy Spirit. I sense, uh, mm. Mm. You know how they do. Y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Y'all know how they do. They put their hand all on your shoulder. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody like, it's just 15 people. Ibaba, that. Like, what was that for? Like, like, that's supposed to make it seem something. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm saying all of that to say, like, 
Like, man, that's not how we do, man. Let, I, now, now let, me, let me explain something. I don't mind asking you for money. But it's, first off, it's not for me. There's not one offering. Let me just clear y'all conscience. There's not one offering at this church that's ever went to me. As a matter of fact, the first five years of Epiphany Fellowship, y'all didn't even pay my salary. Because I robbed other churches. It's in the Bible. That's what Paul said. I robbed other churches to take care of you. Listen, listen, in other words, other churches took care of my salary in order that I could not, I could use that as a way to say I'm not about money. Okay? And so, and so, and so, and so, in other words, God will lead you. When we present opportunity, pray about the opportunity. Don't just say you're going to do it. Watch your mouth. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says, don't be bumping your gums when you come into the house of the Lord. That's the Eric Mason translation. But wait, pray, and let your yes be yes and your no be no, right? So, but then it says of their own accord. That means they freely gave. Now, you got to understand, why is this important? These people are poor. Why is what, what was the spirit of their giving? It's crazy. The spirit of their giving was this. It says, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. So that means Paul didn't ask them to give, Pastor Kirk. Guess what they did? He presented the opportunity. He just said, listen. He said, man, let's be praying in the service. He probably like, man, let's pray for um, the, the saints of Macedonia, particularly in Philippi. I had to write them a letter talking about what they're going through to live as Christ and to die as gain. I want you to da 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 He stopped t- chopping it up with the believers. Then they said, what's going on? What, Paul, what's going on in Macedonia? Oh, man, you can't believe because of the persecution that they're, they're losing their homes because of this. And the elders and the, everybody got together at the church, the churches, I mean, in churches in Macedonia, rather, whatever the relief was, rather, and got together to give money. And Paul, they said, Paul was, Paul actually said no. How do I know he said no? Because they begged him. Come on, come on, come on. They said, no, we're going to participate. Guess what they call it? In this favor of God. Let me tell you something. My wife and I, I remember my first ministry job, I made $499 a month. I ain't going to lie. My wife remember? We didn't know how God worked things. I was working two jobs, putting her through grad school by cash and me through grad school cash. And guess what we still did? Gave. Never felt it even. Listen, and, and, and crazy enough, I don't even know how we paid our grad school off while we were in grad school. See how the Lord, the Lord, and this sermon ain't even about the reciprocating work. We're not even talking about that yet. We're just talking about the opportunity to think mentality-wise. Whether you, when I was in college, I had keys and a meal ticket, but I gave it to the Lord. I found out a way. Amen. And so, and so look, 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 look. It's interesting, though, as Paul walks through this, he says, the favor of partaking in the relief of the saints. I love that. It can be translated blessing of fellowship. In other words, it was like believers was like, I want in on this kingdom investment. I, when I look at the investment of that thing, I want to be able to say eternally that what I gave helped God's work to increase. Okay, let's, okay let, let me see if I can make it plain. Um, we have 11 churches that's being planted in Malawi, Africa right now. There, there, there are hundreds of black girls that are now able to go to school in their neighborhood and not walk two hours away to get raped and molested like they normally were. But because of your resources, they're in their neighborhood. 
and, and, and their area of Lalongwe did not have water. The government found out about it, ran a water line out there, and all the villages for the first time in their history got water. <laughs> Through all of that, churches are being planted, leaders are being trained. A guy was going up, can you imagine this? A guy, one, one of the guys uh, uh, we were working with, and Pastor Larry was working with, used to go up in the mountains uh, uh, to go get honey, right Pastor Larry, was it honey? And, and, and coming back down, the hyenas were smelling, and he had to fight off hyenas as he's going back to his village to pay for college. Who wouldn't want to support that? What I'm saying is, is that, in other words, people ask you, what is the church doing about that? You tell them, we plant churches in needy areas all over the country and the world. You let them know as an apologetic, we help people who are in broken areas of the world. We are an inner city church doing that now. And this is, we're not bigging ourselves up, we're bigging up the fact that, and this is my dream, 16 years ago when God gave me a vision for Epiphany Fellowship, is that we wouldn't be the inner city church that's always looking for a check, but that we would be the inner city church that gave flagrantly to the kingdom, and we've given over $600,000 away. I mean... And I can't forget, I can't forget, my wife and I get, uh, coming here to visit in March of 2005 before we fully moved back to the coast. Because this pastor wanted to meet with us. I'd only talked to him on the phone once. One time. And when I talked to him on the phone one time, we got here, went out to, went out to North Wales, sat down in his office. We sat down, because it was a fundraising meeting, I was raising a lot of money for Epiphany back then. Um, sat down. And he said, yeah, we want to give. We're not, we're not that old of a church. We're three or four years old. But God has really called us to partner with you guys. So we were praying last night, and me and my leadership team decided that we were going to give Epiphany $100,000. Okay, y'all, that story ain't get you. So I go to speak at this conference, and it's like all these big-time pastors. I'm wondering why I'm there. They invited me, little old me, right? I'm sitting there. I do my little sermon, you know, and all of that. And then I'm in the back with all the dudes. I'm quiet. And so dudes, dudes say, now in the fundraising world, I'm in a city So when you say to me, is there anything you need? I'm the wrong guy because I don't mind asking you for the world, for God's kingdom. So the everything. So one guy, a couple of guys like, this is my car. Holler at me. So I'm going down Broad Street. I didn't know he was Matt Chandler. I didn't know none of that. So I'm riding down Broad Street. He's like, yo, send me your, um, your prospectus, your proposal. I was, I'm about to go into my elders' meeting now. I was like, cool, man. I, I sent it to him. You know what I'm saying? Sent it to him. I'm driving back up Broad Street. He calls me after me. He said, E, man, I'm excited, man. We're getting on board. I was like, all right. You know, I thought it was going to be a little something, something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought it was going to be a little, 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 little something for us. Man, this dude said, well, we're going to support Epiphany Fellowship for $20,000 for five years. Each year, $20,000. But it was September, right? He said, and we had some extra money left over, so we're just gonna send you a check for $30,000 this year. That doesn't count into the five years. <laughs> then over, over the last decade, they've given us $600,000. <laughs> then there were people that just believed in what we were doing. Y'all don't know about this, sending $5, and they're broken, and they say, I just want to support because I see what God is doing. I'm, I'm going to send $10 a month, I'm, and I'm doing this not trying to do some type of telethon, 
But I'm telling you, fam, like y'all are here because people have sacrificed for you to be here. And so in light of that, in light of that, in light of that reality, in light of that reality, Paul said, and this, not as we expected. He said, we didn't even expect for, the, for them to act like this. He says, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. And then by the will of God to us. He says in verse 7, he says, but as you excel in everything, this is what he challenges them with. He said, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in all, uh, and, and I'll love for you. He says, see that you excel in this act of grace also. So what is he saying? He's challenging the believers to give. That's what I'm, I want to challenge you guys. Those of you who are not giving, giving consistently, give. We got a lot of ministry to do. We're going to be presenting some stuff. It's, it's funny that this message even falls here. We want to present some stuff to you because we have to expand the opportunity that God has given us to do ministry in the city. And so this Wednesday, we're going to be here talking through like a major, like we, please come, a major, major opportunity for this. Because the way we see our giving, we see it as flowing. We see it as flowing out of what Christ has done for us on the cross. That's how we see it. God was generous to let God the Son not be in heaven with him for 33 years. That was generous. That was generous. He, it's, I don't even understand the framework of that. But all I know, he was generous enough to give his son. And he not only gave his son, he gave us everything to enjoy. And in light of that reality, our giving flows from him giving to us. So my prayer for us is that I see y'all graduating from school and things. You know what I'm saying? Getting degrees and everything. When, when, when God bless you with your little situation, you understand what I mean? Some of y'all balling. I, I, I know you're balling in Jesus' name. Now, ball yourself on to kingdom mission. Amen. That's what I want you to do. Some of y'all balling. So what I want y'all to do, and, and, and give, and those of you who are on public assistance, your money is valuable too. It doesn't go to lace me. It goes to lace the kingdom. And so everybody from the block to the boardroom should be generous. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Father God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness and your kindness that knows no end. You have been good to us. You have been so, 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 so good to us, God. And we can't imagine what our lives would be like without God. God being generous and the way you've been most generous is by giving us Jesus Christ you've been so generous God you've been so kind to us God by giving us the Lord Jesus maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your